So hello and welcome to episode seven of United United. Uh, me, Dave here, and I've got here with me, Jem. Hi, Jem. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, thank, thanks for asking. And Jem, we're going to get right into this straight away. There was a big game this week with a big scoreline. What do you think? Uh, I don't really know what you're talking about, Dave, to be honest. Um, I've I've deleted the weekend from my memory, so mm. you're going to have to remind me what, what that was. Well, it was the Sidemen versus the YouTube All-Stars ah. uh, at Charlton, as we previewed in the last podcast. 8-7 to the Sidemen. Oh, but you know what? Now you've said it, I remember it. I do remember that. It was the big scoreline. Great game, Dave. Fantastic game. Uh, a real 15-goal thriller. Uh, we both watched the highlights, I think, Jem, and... Uh, Mini Minter, what a player. What a player. Came up with the 88th minute winner. Yep. And uh, I thought, uh, actually, you know, we said that Crawley Town, the uh, the Crypto Boys, are scouting, were scouting this game for talent. Yep. I thought the brothers, uh, Manny and uh, Toby Jizzle. It's T-B-J-Z-L. I think it's pronounced Toby Jizzle. I thought they actually played really well. Uh, well... To be fair, Dave, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me with the the I think it was the Wright brothers that they had before, wasn't it? So if it is the Drizzle brothers <laughs> next, then bring them on. But I've got to say, Dave, one person that stood out for me, fantastic player, I show speed, what a guy. Uh, he is going to be the next big thing. What a player! <laughs> Didn't he take somebody out in the first minute? <laughs> Right, Let him know you're there. <laughs> <laughs> I think he actually took out KSI. He did. Uh, 15 seconds into the game. Yep. So, um, I, and yeah, I mean, the, the disallowed goal, Dave. Uh, he scored a goal and took his shirt off and did a few backflips and ended up being disallowed. But he stood out for me, Dave, I've got to say. I thought Chunks' uh, 35-yarder was spectacular as well. Yes. Yep. Um, and Jem, I know we've um, sort of poked fun at this a little bit about the idea of uh, Crawley Town scouting at this game. And uh, two things to say, two or three things to say. First of all, first of all, it was at Charlton, twenty-seven thousand they had. That's about seventeen thousand more than Charlton get for their home games. <laughs> uh, first thing. Second thing, it's all for charity, so earned a lot of money for various charities, which is excellent. But the Crawley Town thing, right? So uh, we've got a new listener to the podcast, somebody called Guy, a guy called Guy. And I was speaking about this uh, game with him and saying about Crawley Town scouting it. And he said, you know, this makes sense. And I'm going to tell you why it makes sense. I'm going to give you his theory. Yep. Right. These players, I've done some research on them. So the followings they've got, I show speed. He's got 4.7 million followers on YouTube. Mini Minter, 1.8 million followers. KSI, 24 million followers, right? Now, all Crawley needs to do is get one of those players who can mm. play half-decent football into their team, and suddenly yep. they've got millions of followers watching online. Great point. It's not as stupid as it looks, Jim, this, no. this, this plan. No. So all they need to do is be half-decent at football. Don't even need to be good. Just just hold their own. Dave, 
I will admit, if I show speed gets offered a contract at Crawley Town, I You'll will be even shooting. be dragged in. I will be. <laughs> Everything I've said, I'll take back. Get that guy into League Two right now. So there we go. Crawley are onto something. They've been ridiculed, Jem, but they know what they're doing. The Crypto Boys. Let's see what happens. I'm on the Crypto speed? Boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was one big game, one big high-scoring game, Jen. But there was another big high-scoring game uh, played on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, and it finished Man City six, Man United three, a nine-goal thriller. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't really know what to say anymore. As in the in the words of Jose Mourinho, I prefer not to speak. Um. Erling Haaland is a cheat code. You know, people used to play all the games on the computers and stuff. You used to enter a little code. Like a Grand Theft Auto game, for example. You'd enter the code and you'd, you'd get a cheat. You'd get a car that was rare or something. Haaland is that. Haaland is a cheat code. You know, Pep Guardiola, a couple of years ago, crying on the pitch after Aguero's retiring. We cannot replace him. We cannot replace him. Well, what a lie he told, Dave. What a lie he told because they haven't just replaced him with Erling Haaland. <laughs> they've they've doubled what Aguero was. Uh, he's nine goals away from last year's Golden Boot winner, Dave. Nine goals away. So three more projected, games. Yeah, three more games. He's projected to do that in three more games. There's thirty games left this season. It's just um, it's just madness. And there's a couple of funny stats that came from this game, Dave. Yep. Um, uh, Phil Foden yep. he's the first player to get a hat-trick in the Manchester derby since Erling Haaland nine minutes earlier <laughs> uh, yep. but well there's no other stat here the, 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 the point I'm going to make here is Man United have got the same garbage that they had last season um, well, still back in the manager yep good glad to hear uh, it but the, the Glazers out get them out this will keep happening we're not even starting Casemiro, Dave. I mean, I know McTominay's had a good start, but it just shows that Casemiro was a club signing and not a Ten Hag signing. You can't even play him. One of the best holding midfielders in the world, you can't even play him. Mm. So, uh, what a pathetic excuse of a football club. I expected us to get beat, to be honest. But, um, oh, here's my other stat. You know, it's, it's not often you're 4-0 down um, at half-time, is it? So, Man United found themselves 4-0 down. First time since August when we were 4 0 down <laughs> to Brentford. So uh, I've got nothing else to say. Uh, my mind is broken. My heart is broken. Uh, but it has been for years now. So maybe one day, Dave, we'll be back. It was a ray of hope, you know, that uh, you did beat Man City's reserves in the second half. <laughs> Uh, Tony Marshall Tony Marshall's back <laughs> uh, I, yeah actually just a, that's a good point actually Dave Erling Haaland it took him 37 minutes to score two goals mm. it took Anthony Martial seven minutes there you go so who's the better striker I'll <laughs> let you make your mind up on that I already have Jim <laughs> <laughs> fantastic okay well that's uh, that was an interesting day yeah, look, look, please, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that you haven't got anything else to say on it because I, I just can't deal with the 
depression of it, to be honest. Well, all, uh, the, all the stats I had, you've mentioned, so <laughs> I haven't got well, any more. Well, Dave, it took me a couple of lagers to drown my <laughs> sorrows. Speaking of lager, <laughs> why don't we go to the London Stadium from the weekend? Oh, Jim, the London Stadium. Well, I, talking about going there, I was there. Oh, brilliant. What a game, Jim. What a game. West Ham are back. We are back. Uh, a superb performance, Jim. Uh, apart from the fact that Wolves missed a few sitters. Uh, even had Diego Costa come on mm. uh, to miss a header. But no um, but no aggravation from him. It was quite disappointing, really. Yeah. Uh, quite. It was a bit of a whimper from him, Jem. But uh, we won 2-0. Good performance from from the team. Uh, Bowen got his first goal of the season. Maybe get him in your fantasy league team now. He started started scoring. And a uh, comfortable victory. And of course, that was the end for Lager. <laughs> it was the end for Lager. It, it was the end. And uh, we saw him off, Jem, and uh, he's now gone. Uh, I think the humiliation of losing to West Ham was enough for the Bulls board to sack him. So. Uh, I do wonder what could have sparked that result, Dave. Was it Mark Noble in the uh, CEO position or whatever he is, sporting director? I, I th- I'd like to think that that's the case, Jem. I think they've made a number of uh, backroom appointments and he was definitely one of the catalysts for that, Jem, for the the change in, uh, in fortunes. Because yep. fortunes always hiding, but it wasn't on... It certainly wasn't on uh, Sunday, a uh, Saturday rather. So good... Really good, uh, really good win, Jem. And we're, we're we're racing up the table now. I think we're up to about fifteenth or something. So watch out. Now, that's, um, one one thing that I uh, did get from this game is that, um, well, I have sent us a good start actually. Mm. Uh, he he said that Wolves have scored fewer league goals since April than Burnley, and Burnley got relegated in May. <laughs> That's a good one. So that probably uh, is what Lager deserved with statistics like that in the Premier League. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like they're getting in the, I think it's a Sevilla manager, Julian Lopetegui or something. He used to be the Spain manager. The Spain manager that got sacked, actually, very quickly into his reign of Spain manager. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Um, we'll look forward to that. That should be interesting. Yeah. Of course, um, a couple of other stats. Um, Skamaka scored his first Premier League goal. He skamakered the ball into the net from long range, <laughs> which is very nice to see. Yep. Cor- Cornet got injured, um, so he's now on a rocky road to recovery. We wish him well. <laughs> and I suppose a question for you, Jem. Do you think Lager's bitter uh, now he's been sacked? Uh, you know, if I knew about that one before, I could have come back with a good comeback, but... I suppose not. <laughs> okay. We'll leave that one hanging, Jim. <laughs> um, well, that's West Ham. Uh, a couple of other games for you, uh, Jim, that I just wanted your comment on from the, from the week. Yep. Uh, Liverpool 3, Brighton 3. It really That really did brighten up my weekend, that game. And my question for you, Jim, is did Brighton deserve it? <laughs> The, the funny thing is, Dave, my first two notes of this game are 
yes, he deserved it. <laughs> and brightened up my weekend. Yeah, sorry. I'll so, no, no, that's perfect. I'm glad we're on the, it shows we're on the same wavelength. Uh, you don't get that anywhere else except for United United people. Right. But, it, but, it shows how we unrehearsed we are as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. We love it. Yeah. But I've got to say, Dave, Graham Potter left. He gave the magic to Leandro Trossard. Uh, he was a wizard against Liverpool on on Saturday. What a player. Another hat-trick um, mm. in, in the league. Some, someone else with a hat-trick in the league. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just brilliant to watch Liverpool just get destroyed like that this season. Mm. Trent, again, mm. defensively poor. You know, people... People keep saying, oh, he's not poor, he's not poor. But he was he, he was done for the first goal. He was done. He was completely done. He wasn't out of position. He was in his right-back position. And he was done. So people have just got to accept it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, brightened up the weekend, Dave. He really did. And talking of Potter, he made <sighs> an appearance at Palace. Yes, he did. He magically appeared at Palace where Chelsea won 2-1. But, you know, we've got to talk about the... The VAR incident, Gem, that uh, I know our good friend uh, and keen listener Ian would be keen for us to talk about. The Thiago, ha- uh, Thiago Silva handball, playing rugby, Gem, on the floor. Not ha- didn't handle it just once, handled it twice to stop what looked like a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Yellow card. I mean, did everyone forget that he had his eyes closed? No, I can't. <laughs> I can't back him on this. Uh, it was a disgusting decision, Dave. Um, I, I, I actually saw this live, and I just couldn't believe it. I thought, you know, this is one of the easiest decisions the refs are going to ever have to make. Yeah, and they failed once again. So it just shows the incompetence once again of the refereeing in our league. Yeah, uh, shows. Oh, I, th- I may have misheard that, but was it Mike Dean in VAR? So, uh, Mike Dean was in VAR for a certain decision this weekend, and I've got a feeling it was that one, but uh, that would have just summed it up, really. It's a disgrace. And then he ends up getting the assist for the equaliser. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolute robbery for for uh, the Palace. Chelsea, there was no magic about it. It was... It was Daylight crime, Dave. Mm. So, but but at the end of the game, I have to ask you this, Dave. Did, did it remind you of anything with Conor Gallagher scoring the winner, a beautiful winner? Obviously, the club that he was on loan at last season scores the second goal to make it two-one away. <laughs> his old club, uh, as a sub, he comes on and all this. I did it remind know. you of anything, Dave? No, no, no. no? I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Jim. I can't. I can't think of an occasion where. Let's say a West Ham player, we had a West Ham player on loan who was very successful for us, who then went back to his his team and then came on <laughs> and scored a winner to make it 2-1. No, it doesn't ring any bells at all, Jeff. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Well, okay, well, we'll leave that one there for you. Oh, but wasn't it sweet, just to change the subject completely, wasn't it sweet to see Leicester beat Forrest and Jesse Lingard, who plays for Forrest 4-0? <laughs> just... I know that's an irrelevant change, but I just wanted to mention that. It does, it, you know what? It doesn't seem like Bruno Lager is the only one that's bitter at the minute. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. And going back to the Chelsea game, uh, as our friend Ian says, Silva should have been sent to Azkaban for that 
sending off. But what I really liked was Steve Parrish. Uh, he came out. Uh, was he the Palace owner or yes. whatever he is? Yes. And he came so, off. Yeah. He came out and said, "Look, it was either a sending off, or if it's a yellow card, there were two handballs. One, two deliberate handballs, <laughs> one after the other. So it should have been two yellows. That's a good so, point, yeah. Which, whichever way you cut it, Silver should have been sent off. Mm. So I thought that was good. That was a good point, a good objective point from Steve Parrish, who's obviously not biased. Um, so there we go. But, you know, it's another VAR decision, another debatable VAR decision, Gem. Uh, but I am going to say step forward and take about Thomas Bram Brammel. Thomas Brammel, a young uh, referee refereeing the Bournemouth-Brentford match. They probably put him in this one to say, a nice easy game for you, Thomas, to get started. <laughs> and then he had uh, a penalty decision early on where the, I can't remember the actual situation, but anyway, where VAR said it should be a penalty. He went over to the monitor and said, no, nope, I'm going to stick with my original decision. Oh, brilliant. And, uh, Predictably, Thomas Frank praised the referee and said uh, he had a calm head and good character. So there we go. Well, that's what we want to see in the Premier League, Dave. We want more of this. Yeah, we do. So that's that's two. I think we've had this season now. Two, yeah, two, two non-overturns. So very good. Very, very good. Uh, another question for you, Gem. Yes. Uh, another match took my eye. Uh, Fulham won Newcastle four, Gem. Amazing result for Newcastle after five draws and a defeat in their last six games. They then go and beat Fulham 4-1 away. How do they do it? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I, I, I was switched on for once, Dave. Yeah, you were. Uh, I was switched it. on for once. I nearly bit. <laughs> I nearly bit. I was going to say, oh, well, obviously the red card. But uh, yes, very good. Slip that in there. Very, very... Yeah, it was a big build-up for no reaction. So, good. But, yeah, Newcastle, like you say, the red card probably changed that game. Uh, and a good good win for Newcastle. So, they are now climbing the table, Gem. Yep. Watch out for them. Watch out for all the money. It's coming. It's coming the t- top of the Premier League's way, I think. Yeah, we're going to have another Man City. They're yeah. going to have a new Haaland in 10 years' time. And then <laughs> we're going to beat Man U 6-3. And going to be a... Horrible cycle. So we actually played Newcastle soon. I think it's in two games. So uh, that should be interesting. Yeah, that will be. Any uh, other games caught your eye, Gem, this week? Uh, well, there was a game. Basically, we had the international break. Watford sacked yet another manager, Dave. <laughs> so I can't remember his name now. The Forest Green, ex Forest Green manager. Yeah. Who got them promoted last season. Yeah. He. Fell for it. He fell for the trap, and he ended up at Watford, and he's just been sacked. And Slavin Bilic was appointed as the new coach. Yeah. And the next day they go to Stoke and they win four nil. So Watford are back. So that has basically confirmed confirmed their relegation party for from the Premier League in twenty twenty four, Dave. <laughs> so uh, a great appointment from them to. You know, continue this cycle of yep. the Watford Football Club. Uh, what uh, Southern Village calls them a fantastic club. It didn't need major surgery. It just needed a few little fixes, and says they've got great people in in and about. I wonder if he'll be saying that in 
eight months time, Dave, when he gets to suck. Eight months, eight weeks, I'd give him, Jim. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he, he was appointed, played one game, lost and then got sacked. That would have been more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one, though. I like that. Uh, OK, that's that one. Um, I, I must just give an honourable mention to Arsenal uh, beating Spurs. So I'm, yeah. you know, Arsenal being top of the league, I, not fussed either way, but beating Spurs 3-1. And the way they did it with the sending off as well, totally justified, by the way, that sending off. VAR backed up the referee, got that one right. Yep. Uh, the uh, the foul on Martinelli. So uh, Roy, Emerson Royale should have gone for that. Uh, Conte mm. moaned about it, but come on, that was a clear red. Yep. And uh, great to see Arsenal make uh, make the most of that, Gem. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, I'd love to agree with you, but I just don't like Arsenal. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to just, I'm just going to have to get on with, just continue with that one because yep. I couldn't care less about both of them. <laughs> They're going to bottle it eventually, aren't they? Of course, of course. But, you know, they're, they're enjoying it. Well, they're, they're enjoying the moment in the sun, Jim. Yeah, let's, let's give them, yeah, let's give let's them that. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, disappointing result, uh, Southampton 1, Everton 2. Uh, yes. I don't know how that happened, but well, that won't last. No, definitely not. So I think that says more about how poor Southampton are <laughs> than anything else, that particular, that particular result. And uh, Major League Soccer, zip, zip. Yeah, uh, another a sending out. off. Another yeah. sending off. An ejection from that game, Gem. Another ejection. <laughs> <laughs> so, but a zip, a zip, zip game. And that probably just saved Gerard's job for the time being. Yeah, we went from the 6-3 thrashing of Man United on Sunday to the nil-nil <laughs> of Leeds and Aston Villa. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah not, a, not a fantastic Super Sunday to finish finish that game off with, but um, yep, I think I think that's all the games I've got covered, Dave. To be honest, I've got a couple of other points, but I'm going to see where you're going to go first. Well, I'm going to mention a team that I think we could start following, Jem, because you know we we like the lower league teams, and we're um, the Crypto Boys Crawley Town. We're really interested in that massive experiment that's going on there. Yep. to try to run a team like an internet team. And uh, we, we're constantly monitoring that to see how that goes. But there's another team, Gem, that I want to I want to draw attention to, I want to draw your attention to and the listeners' attention to, Forest Green Rovers, Gem. Yep. Forest Green Rovers are a green and vegan club. So I'm just going to read you a couple of bits from their website. Uh, again, Guy drew my attention to this team. and says, a team you might be interested in. Um, sustainability is core to everything we do at Forest Green Rovers. Uh, we might be known for being the only vegan football club in the world, but it goes much deeper than that. We're continually looking at new ways to push the boundaries of environmental consciousness in sport. And that's why FIFA described us in 2017 as the greenest football club in the world. And Jem, to... Um, just emphasize their green credentials credentials just listen to this from their website um let me just read this yeah we've got an organic pitch that captures rainwater and recycles it back for irrigation saving precious tap water this year we've introduced an epic new process that cleans up the water from the away fans toilets and pumps it back onto the pitch as well exclamation <laughs> mark I don't know what to think of that, Jim. I don't know what you think of that, but 
recycling the away fans toilet water onto the pitch oh dear well the first question is why not the home fans <laughs> and i can imagine i can understand this if they were recycling the toilet water onto other teams pitches but onto their own pitch See, i'm struggling with this one Jem. i'm really struggling there must be an angle here that i'm missing uh, to be honest when you were reading that i thought you said i thought you were going to say they recycle it on top of the away fans or something <laughs> no they wouldn't <laughs> You heard it right. The away fans toilet pumps the water back onto the pitch after it's I mean, been after it's been processed in some way. I, I have no idea what to think about that, to be honest. That is just <laughs> Well, I'm I'm hoping you've got have you got an explanation for this or No. No. I'm, any Forest Green Rovers fans out there who know anything about this, please get in contact with us because I'm I'm really intrigued. The other thing they do, and this really is interesting, they've got a mowing regime to re- reduce the weeds uh, on the pitch. And they plant, this is the quote from their website, they plant the borders with wildflower seeds to help encourage pollinators, which are important to food production. They even have a beehive, right? Now, so that's interesting itself. But when they say they plant the borders, do they mean the border of the pitch? So what I want to know, Forest Green Rovers fans, is there wildflowers growing around the the touchline? Because I'd (laughs) like to see that. That's what it sounds like, Jem. That you know, you take a long throw. You're hacking your way through three foot wild flowers to take, to take the long throw in. That's the natural way. <laughs> you know, now you say it, Dave. We have actually, believe it or not, got a Forest Green Rovers fan listener. Have we? And his name is Johnny Coggan. Johnny Coggan. Johnny. Johnny, please get in contact. We need to know more about this. It's intriguing. We, we do, Johnny, and um, I'm sure you'll let me know next week. But I just want to give him a shout-out, Dave, because this is actually tied up really nicely because I wanted to mention this in the podcast anyway. I'd like to give him a shout-out because today he has been inducted into the Stoke Mandeville Hall of Fame. Wow. So a living legend among us, Dave. Johnny, I take my hat off to you. You know the respect I have for you already, and uh, it's just increased, Johnny. I didn't think it could, but it has. Uh, that is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So uh, congratulations, Johnny. You're a servant to that sport and uh, and a top, top guy as well. Yep. Uh, fair play to you being a Forest Green Rovers fan, Johnny, and uh, well done on the rest as well. That's That's not bad either. Yeah, and for listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the sport of wheelchair rugby and the World Championships are coming up, Jim, for wheelchair rugby, which Johnny, I'm, I'm guessing, will be starring in uh, in a couple of weeks' time. I hope so, as long as his uh, recent COVID hasn't affected him. Uh, it stopped him training, but Johnny, I'm sure you'll be back fitter than ever and uh, putting a nice gold medal around your neck in, yeah, a, in no, a couple of weeks' time. So Nothing, nothing stops Johnny. So not for long anyway, he'll be back. So that's great. Yeah, so let's hear about that. Let's hear more about Forest Green Rovers because we are intrigued well, of these initiatives. Well, now we've got Johnny, you know, involved, Dave. Mm. He did have a bone to pick with you, actually, from a recent podcast. Yeah. And probably this podcast, actually. And it's to do a bit like uh, with Forest Green Rovers. He was wondering where your Forest Watch went. It's not been uh, coming up <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. And <laughs> I think this would be a perfect time to bring it up, put you on the spot. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's a good point. I had a feature called Forest Watch, didn't I? Um, and so we need. Uh, so what I did is I used to talk about forests, um, 
every week uh, for the listeners that don't know. Um, and of course, I could really, I, I ought to resurrect that, shouldn't I? So what I should do is talk about a forest and bring that back to life. Um, and what better place to start, Jem, than, um, let me see, which forest, which of my many forests that I really enjoy <laughs> would I like to talk about? Well, I think it's going to it's going to be Ashdown Forest, Jem. Ashdown Forest, situated in the High Weald, uh, area of outstanding natural beauty. And the thing about the Ashdown Forest, it's where A.A. A. Milne got inspiration for his Winnie the Pooh stories, Jem. I bet, oh. I bet you didn't know that. No, no, I didn't in know the, that. Uh, it's in the Sussex countryside. Okay. And actually, if it is in the High Weald, I think I probably walked that because I've done a bit of the uh, North Downs Way. I don't know if that is on the North Downs Way. I should probably know that, Jem. But there we go. Um that's, there are two Winnie the Pooh walks, which you can download from the Ashdown Forest website. So look, people, the Ashdown Forest, Winnie the Pooh walks, that's the place to be. That is my forest of the week. Wow. That was very good, Dave. Very impressive. On the spot. That, that wasn't rehearsed, people, as well. That was me literally putting Dave on the spot there. This is a little test on how quickly can I Google something? <laughs> uh, you shouldn't have gave it away, Dave. I think I did really well. So you did very my, well. That's my forest forest watch knowledge for this week. There'll be another well, forest next week because I've bookmarked that page and it's got 10 forests on it, Jim. <laughs> Best forests in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a couple of them, unfortunately. But, you know, we can work around that. You know what? I'm sure someone will be uh, will be keeping tabs on that, Johnny. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be watching, Dave, so we can't have any overlap. Fine, that's good. That's very good. I think that's all my all my stuff, Jem. Uh, you said you had a couple of other items. Well, I, that actually tied in very nicely to my only item. That that was <laughs> okay. literally the. Uh, I just wanted to congratulate Johnny on on air. So um, I I think I've got everything. I, I do want to say something. This is quite serious, actually. But you're not going to believe I'm being serious here. You're actually going to laugh as soon as I say this. All right. Uh, I'm sick of the abuse on Harry Maguire. I'm sick of it, Dave. I knew you'd laugh. I knew it. But I'm not trying to be serious here. Right. This is becoming a joke now. Mm. The guy passes a ball and people have got a bone to pick with it. I mean, yes, I've gave him stick in the past. Maybe not as much as I've gave Fred, but I've gave him stick. And he, he's probably deserved it. He hasn't been good enough. But most of the Man U players haven't been good enough. Uh, but now you've got people picking everything everything about his performances and it's winding me right up Dave people are trying to jump on the bandwagon to look cool you know I think it's jealousy they're thinking just because they didn't make it Dave he did you know I've got respect for him for that he's a professional footballer he's made it he's, he's worked hard to get where he is and he deserves some respect now so I, I just want to say that Dave I'm going to defend him because it's now yeah. turning into bullying so, uh, just, you know, the giving the ball away for the first Germany goal when playing for England and being hopelessly out of position, trying to play football in basically right in the opposition's third for, and then being hopelessly out of position for the second Germany goal. How, how would you defend that? Uh, well, I can't. <laughs> I can't, Dave. <laughs> Fair enough. But you know what? <laughs> yeah. I will say, where were people moaning at John Stones for passing the ball back to Nick Pope from two yards away and nearly conceding the goal? 
Where were people moaning at Nick Pope for letting a ball slip straight through his hands? <laughs> so, so your defence of Harry Maguire is basically to attack everybody else. Well, yes, we need a fair share. If we're going to attack one person, let's spread it out because you know what? I'm sick of it now. <laughs> fair enough. Fair. I, you know, no one could accuse you of not being fair, Jem. Thank you. You are a fair man uh, when it comes to dishing out the blame. So. Very, very good. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I can get on board with that. There are more players at fault than Harry Maguire. Um, he does tend to draw attention to himself, but we can draw attention to other players as well, Jim. So. I mean, come on. When the World Cup comes, Dave, we're going to be rinsing all of them. But Harry Kane, <laughs> he deserves a fair share. Raheem Sterling, he deserves a good bit. You know, there's a lot of them who deserve a good bit of criticism. Yeah. The only spotless one, I guess, is, is Declan Rice. Yeah. <laughs> Declan Rice, yeah. Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham get away with it. But the rest of them, <laughs> oh, there's something something to always say on some of them. So. Oh, you just reminded me. Something that me and Charlie, remember my son Charlie, who's, uh, I don't know if he still listens to this, but he used to be on the podcast, didn't he? He used to he do did. a couple of episodes with us. Yeah. Back in uh, lockdown, so in 20, early 2020, well, early in the lockdown in 2020, you know, I don't know if you remember those days, Jem, where... We're all working from home with nothing to do. Um, do you remember those days? I remember them days, yeah. Yes. And all getting paid for it as well. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm talking generally the whole population. Not all of us, but some people were getting paid for it. Anyway, we were at a loose end one day and we decided to make our World Cup 2022 starting lineup prediction. <laughs> okay, nice. So we wrote it out and put it in an envelope, Gem. And I found the envelope the other day and this envelope is going to be opened on around about the 18th of November for okay. England's first game. And um, I could even do it live on the podcast, maybe. Yes, I would love to hear that, actually. That would be good. Now, one thing that, uh, yeah, once I, I remember I, I was talking to Charlie about it, and he said, didn't you, wasn't there a player, after we sealed the envelope, wasn't there a player that came to prominence that you decided needed to be added, and you wrote him his name on the outside of the envelope, just to add him in? And wasn't that Jude Bellingham? And I said, well, I'll find the envelope, Charlie. I'll check that for you. Uh, Mason Greenwood. That was the name I wrote. Very unfortunate. So, uh, yeah. So that's that's a bad start, Jem, to our predictions, to my predictions. I mean, it my, could have been, Dave. What could mm, have been? Those Man United fans are still crying about it. But Yeah. But, well, that's... The, that's uh, he's got to... Yeah, well, we can't, won't go into that, but he's got to take what's coming to him, Jem. And... Um, you know, that, uh, so that envelope is there waiting to be opened. I look forward to that. really do. It should be interesting. So, uh, but uh, However, if Mark Noble is in there, Dave, <laughs> I'm, cutting, I'm cutting the podcast. We go off air. If, he's, if I hear his name mentioned, we go. That's it. The episode's done. I can't guarantee anything, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we I'm going to expect Ryan Fredericks and Aaron Cresswell or something. <laughs> Have you seen inside this envelope, Jeff? <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's a little taster of something to come. We'll do that. We'll do that on the podcast. Maybe we'll yep. get Charlie involved because I'm sure, you know, it was a joint input, so I'm sure he'll want to back up some of the outrageous <laughs> names that are going to be on that piece of paper in that envelope. Yeah. I look forward to that. Should be good. Okay. All right. Should we call it a day there then, Jeff? Let's call it a day. Uh, I am just watching the dog pick up leaves outside. Uh, right. I need to go and stop him doing that. So, okay. um, yes, uh, it's a goodbye from me.
and it's a goodbye from me. <laughs>